0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. Joining me today, NBA reporter, that's Fandir Barajeni, SDPN Sports, the objective basketball podcast. Joining me to talk about that crappy-ass game that we witnessed last night. 119-108, the Raptors lose. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. Uh, I have grown Past the point of Raptors hurting us in a point where you know I'm okay now I'm all right I expect it it's it's not the unexpected I you know they yeah. say expect the unexpected I expect the expected okay um and I I'm I I you know sometimes disappointment is right around the corner with these Toronto Raptors and obviously last night was was an example of that.
0: Yeah, what tasted worse was mm-hmm. it the mustard juice you drank in Salt Lake City, or? Just the taste of that Raptors game last night.
1: Yeah. Uh. Look, man, the mustard is really bad. It's re- <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. So I can't lean with anything other than that. I I highly recommend you guys never have mustard <laughs> tasting soda or grass tasting soda. Also, not a good one. No. Was not pickle
0: at all. any better? The pickle juice.
1: Pickle was actually not that bad. Had a I little bit. I think that would actually yeah.
0: be pretty good, right? It's very salty, <laughs> right? It's got some flavor yeah, to it. Right? but yeah exactly um,
1: yeah uh no but the game the game itself uh that was that was probably one of the tougher raptors games to yep. endure through uh just simply for the fact that you know especially with how important this game was going in you knew the stakes what the stakes were going mm-hmm. into this game you knew the preparation that re- was required for facing a team like the Wizards, who, by the way, are playing some pretty good basketball. I know people like to dog on the Wizards. People like to go ahead and clown them for being a mediocre team for the past couple of years. But but they've built up a, a decently yeah. good ro- roster. It's frisky. It's competitive. Mm-hmm. They have NBA talent that is is worthy of being considered, whether it be Chris sure. Topps, Porzingis. Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, DeLon Wright, who was exceptional last night. I think there's 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 a lot of NBA talent on that team, and they need to be taken seriously. I think mm-hmm. you know the the first quarter going on that 10 run 10-0 run at the beginning, Kyle Kuzma just going off like that kind of shows you that the Raptors didn't take this game as seriously as they should have, or or yeah. at least weren't as prepared as they were they should have been for this game. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, just just a a bad tasting loss. Uh after after this one,
0: yeah. I mean, the fact that they're playing two centers, at power forward and center, mm-hmm. um, pretty crazy, like seven-footers, like legit seven footers. Daniel Gafford is a monster. And Chris Stasperzingis, I mean, he's had his ups and downs, but I think he's had a career year, so he's been very good. And Kyle Kuzma, he was hitting some really tough shots to start that game. And when I was seeing those, and this isn't like a discredit to anyone on the Raptors, but I'm like, we don't have anyone that can do that. Yeah. And few teams do, but he has that vault of ability from three point line, from beyond the three point line, and he can get downhill. And it was a great start for them. You know, fortunately, the Raptors did turn around in that quarter. But we we know how the rest of it went. Do you think? Um, we talked about it a little bit already, but do you think last night was more of a product of? The Raptors not you know playing up to their caliber, or was it that we have to respect the Wizards a little bit more because of what we just talked about? They got Beale, Kuzma, DeLon yep. Wright is a starting caliber point guard, and then uh, the the two seven footers.
1: I hate to give you the nuanced answer, but it's probably a little bit of both. Um, but it probably
0: is, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah you know, uh, I I I hate to do it because obviously it's it's so much better to be like, oh, it was all this, you know. But <laughs> yeah, it it was at the end of the day, it was a little bit of both. I think the Wizards are underrated in the way that they approach things like you mentioned with the way that they're also a great rebounding team. So you're not going to be as advantageous Mm -hmm. on the boards as the Raptors would like to be. Usually Um, I think the fact that they have that double big lineup is really, really interesting. It poses a different threat. Maybe that's why Nick nurse didn't go to Jakob hurdle. Maybe that's why he ended up deciding to go smaller in the first half and then clearly decided against it in the second half by running Jakob. But I, I think that's maybe one of the more interesting aspects yeah. is just how the Wizards match up with the Raptors. What kind of uh, specific, like defensive oriented challenges they bring to the Raptors in terms of point of attack, especially with. Guards like Bradley Beal and DeLon, right? Who can create off the dribble, who can create sure. for others and also create for themselves. Like DeLon can't create for themselves like Bradley Beal can, but he can still be that connector, that connective tissue for an offense. And then you have Beal and Kuzma who can break you down off the dribble, who can make tough shots. So mm-hmm. it poses a, a an interesting threat for the way the Raptors like to approach things, especially with their aggressive style on defense, yeah. which has been well-documented. So I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm curious to see What your observation is, because for me, it was more like this team completely deteriorates defensively without Jakob and the solution to that dot, dot, dot. I'm not sure, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Well, we're going to get to this in a second, but because you mentioned it, the Raptors were outscored 50 to 30 when Jakob Pertl was not on the court last night,
1: 50
0: to 30. And his stretch that he missed in the first half was way too long. I think Nick Nurse probably knows that now. But then in the second half, he only sat for three minutes. And in that three minute stretch, they got outscored 10 to 2. So this is like a pretty big problem for, for the Raptors. Um, just touching back to uh, the double big. So, Chris Asperzingis, Ojin and that matchup, I mean, It's I'm happy that OG had the game that he did because I think it would have been a real problem if he wasn't able to capitalize on, you know, Porzingis in space. Sure, when he gets under the rim, you know, he got blocked in that first possession. But then after that, he kind of found a groove and he was able to get downhill. He was created for his teammates. And obviously, fourth quarter, I mean, when they were making their little fake comeback that we all know and love, he had four straight field goals to himself. Right, Mm -hmm. And then defensively, Bradley Beal, he is a terrific uh, basketball player, terrific offensive talent, but he shot 5 of 14, and a lot of that was Ojin Anobi. So a credit to him. He was one of their best players, along with Jakob Pertl, for the Raptors now, yeah, Like, what do you do with the the non-Yak minutes? Or how do you balance things out a little bit between um, when Yak has to sit? I mean, probably, I think he's played like, what, 34 minutes last night or 31? Um, yeah. That should probably be around 37. But how do you balance it out? I, I think you probably have to have him with the, the bench unit. Um, I think that's probably for the best. And it's the same reason why I like Christian Coloco with the, the bench unit back in the day, because it gives you a defensive baseline and um if they're you know committing those live ball turnovers then you're screwed anyways so th- yeah. those can't happen but also gives you a pick and roll thread for for will barton for gary Trent jr ways that they can create some offense um a lot of it was isolation heavy and the raptors i mean they're not a great half court team we know this last night 88.5 points per 100 half court plays um that's worse than it should be but it's kind of what we what we expected, expected in a way yeah yeah right, right? They got to hit threes though. That's kind of what it comes down to. They have to hit their shots. Yeah.
1: And and look, I think they were generating a lot of open good looks uh, mm-hmm. in this game, uh, especially with Jacob out of the short roll, finding guys in the corner, finding guys set up or spot up and kind of like that, that corner spot or maybe even a little bit higher up. He, he's been finding guys. The thing is they just haven't been able to knock down shots or and to your point earlier about the way they're going to be staggering these minutes and figuring out, I think the key thing here is figuring out how to stagger your starters. Yeah. But the issue there is that the starters have been inconsistent in which games they would like to show up or decide to show up. So when you stagger them, mm. it, it's hard to rely on one or the yes. other like. Yeah. with Scotty, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, Scotty, yeah. you can you can understand like look, there's going to be growing pains with a guy like Scotty Barnes who's trying to figure things out, mm. sophomore, he's still working out the kinks of his game. Absolutely, right? Like there's going to be off nights, and I think last night was one of those off nights. But is that a guy that you can now necessarily rely on as a staggered starter? I'm not sure. Like can sure. he lead a lineup with another guy? That's a question you have to ask yeah. yourself same thing applies for OG Ananobi, who last night was terrific he had an excellent game hit his shots was probably the best shooter for the Raptors last night he was the re- best shooter right. for the Ra- Raptors last night right. so yes he can show up but then there's been other games earlier before a- a- since he's come back from his injury that Ananobi hasn't couldn't be relied on as a staggered sure. starter so can yeah. you can you put Scotty and OG together? That's a question you have to ask yourself. And now mm. it's okay. Obviously we know Fred and Pascal minutes do extremely well They're outside of Jacob, who is plus 30 for the season already in plus minus it's Scotty and, and Pascal and Fred that are the best in terms of yeah. plus minus and affecting the game. Are you going to split up Pascal and Fred and put them on different, you know, kind of intervals, if you mm. will, of, sure, of sure, the game sure. to be able to, to run this rotation a little bit more tightly and yeah, I guess the Jacob question comes down to what who is he paired with? Who are the guys that he's he's pit with most? Yeah. It's been Fred mostly, but maybe it could be Jacob, maybe it could be Scotty, maybe it could be someone else. I I think these are questions that with nineteen, eighteen games, whatever it is <laughs> that's left, that's tough to yeah. be able to determine. Yeah. But yeah, that's what you're left with right now.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why Nick Nurse made the decision that he did to go with that four bench players with with Fred is that he knows that if they want to make any kind of noise, if they want to make a move into that top six, they need some kind of baseline with the bench unit too. And uh, even though he was trying to, you know, be pretty uh pretty safe with his starter minutes. They still got to 38 39 for a few yeah. of them because they had to play so much in the second half. So I like the idea of using Will Barton as they like a true catch and shoot player when um the Wizards are, you know, so heavily guarding the paint and the Raptors last night. I mean, it was just walled off. Like there was no space in there. And so they had to hit the shots. And Fred, if he's not shooting well from three, I mean, they generally lose the games. Like, that's just how it goes. And especially against the Wizards, when there isn't any space in the paint, um, he has to go. If he's taking 11 shots, he probably has to hit five of them. Like, that's just reality. And right. they were clean looks. So they were generating some good shots. But I am curious, like, the first decision that, that Nick made was he took out Jacob and he put in a Chua. Like, OK, like, I understand what you're saying, but maybe you take out another person and maybe you put in, like, Gary Trent Jr. as well. Or mm-hmm. Will Barton or something like that. And that way, then you have Jakob plus another starter starting with second quarter with um, a few bench players. And maybe this like it's bouncing out a little bit. I don't like the idea of splitting up Fred and, and Pascal. Um, I understand why you do it, but it's just, again, we're trying to get as safe as we can with our 48 minutes of, right. of basketball. And if, then if you stagger like Jakob and maybe it's a Scotty Barnes, then you give him like a couple of, you know, good shooters, uh, a thad young uh, connective piece, something like that. Like maybe you can cook with something, but it's not easy. Like the the fact that they don't have enough shooting in their starting lineup is starting to rear its ugly head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. against the the Wizards, it's becoming it's it could be a problem again on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Well, th- I think the thing is they have hypothetical shooting. On there, because Pascal has oh, has yeah. been better this yeah, season yeah. as a shooter. No, you're, right. you're, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like Fred, uh, right. for a long stretch there in January and bulk, a bulk of February was mm. a good. He was back to his regular level, almost regular level at three-point shooting. Yeah. So yeah. I think they have that. It's just some nights it just doesn't show up no matter mm. the amount of spacing, no matter the, the amount of open shots. The other thing I wanted to mention to you, at the end of that Chicago game, they ended up closing without Jakob. It was the five man starting lineup pre Jakob with yep. Scotty and OG and Pascal as your front court and then Fred and Gary as your back court. I wonder if they lean more heavily into that lineup without Jakob. So if Jakob and one or two of those guys can be staggered into a bench lineup and now you have that five man lineup as yep. you're kind of carrying, I don't know, I don't want to say a bench lineup, but another transitional lineup that you can throw out there. Sure. That can that can work defensively. Those guys have a connectiveness to them defensively. They know each other. They're familiar yeah. with each other's game. Yeah. And like you said, it creates a base level of competency. I wonder if they go back to that. That's something yeah. I'm curious about. Samson Folk also, also on his reaction podcast, I believe he mentioned something similar to that where it's like, hey, they went with that five man lineup. Yeah. Maybe that's something they can lean into more. And I totally agree. I think mm-hmm. that's that's something that's interesting to look for. Maybe that's something they explore. On uh, on Saturday,
0: I think you could do that also with uh, when Daniel Gaffer checks out. He tends to check check out around the four or five minute mark, and then he starts the second quarter. Once mm-hmm. he checks out, then like the double big thing isn't as big of a deal. And you you could see you know OG and Scotty being able to guard Chris Kristaps. I was listening to the the Wizards broadcast, and they were saying that you know Porzingis like it's a mismatch for anyone uh, yeah. on the Raptors because of his size, and he hit a few shots over OG and and uh, and Scotty, and that's fine. But you feel good about. Again, the the defense you can offer from that traditional starting lineup that we talked about. And then once Gafford comes in, I just don't like the Achua and Boucher having to deal with Gafford. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Like he is a force, man. He is a big, big dude. I love the Yak and, and Fred pick and roll, but in him and drop, like there was no space for for Fred even to see over. Right yeah. over Gafford. And he couldn't even find Yak on some of those roles because he, he doesn't he's not tall enough to get right. there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And yeah. between between uh Porzingis, Gafford, and Kuzma, that's a large front court. Like yeah, that man. like we, we talk about we talk about the Raptors providing a lot of size in the front court and whatnot, but what has been the biggest issue the Raptors have had to face or or the teams that they've had the mm-hmm. hardest, you know, kind of thing to guard with are teams that can outsize them. The Orlando Magic games, if you guys yeah. recall, I don't want to bring back trauma, but those were awful games because the Magic outsized yeah. them. They they were mm-hmm. just bigger than them. Sure. Um, any team that has been able to dominate the size matchup, I think the Pelicans are another example of that earlier yeah. when they had Zion Williamson. I hear you. Um, and any team that's been able to do that has successfully beat the Raptors and masterfully beat the Raptors. And I think the mm. Wizards are probably in that category as well with that double big lineup plus Kuzma. Yeah. That that that's an average height of seven sure, feet sure. tall right there. So
0: yeah. We saw a little bit more of Will Barton yesterday. Um in the first game, first game when he like first became a, a Raptor, he played four minutes or something like that. Last night yeah. he played seven. Um, what have your impressions been of, of him? um mm. so far i mean i think last night it, maybe it's not the best example because of the tinkering that nick nurse is doing with his his units but i still like the addition i just i think they have to adjust how he how they use them
1: yeah i my expectations weren't extremely high going into the will barton signing i i didn't yeah. expect him for to come out and be an immediate contributor or anything mm. i think it was just Taking a bet, taking a risk, um, giving a chance to a guy who has proven in the past that he's been a playoff player, a playoff rotation guy, obviously with the Denver Nuggets. It's been well documented. So it was more so a a guy that you can trust his resume and be like, okay, maybe he Mm -hmm. can find that here in Toronto. Uh, He obviously couldn't have that success in in Washington. He struggled. He fell out of the rotation with the Wizards. And now with the Raptors, you're kind of wondering, okay, maybe the floor spacing that he provides, maybe some of the secondary ball handling he provides can can help sure. this team and I think in theory that does make sense I think that yep. that does uh you know check out in terms of a line of thinking when it comes to mm-hmm. signing Will Barton I personally think that Jeff Doughton should be getting more run over him though I I, yeah. I that's that's my uh, opinion. no I hear what
0: you're saying man I hear you. I,
1: I honestly I would even yep. say maybe even a Malachi Flynn should get more opportunity yeah. than a Will Barton because those guys one have been integrated in your system much earlier, it's easier to integrate those guys into it. Two, mm. I think Doughton and Flynn probably provide more for you at the point of attack. Even though Flynn is 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 undersized sure. a little bit, I think Doughton has been tremendous mm. at the point of attack defensively for this team, yep. and you need that, especially in your bench units, because your bench minus Jakob is bleeding points. <laughs> and when you and when you need like a, a, especially last night against the Wizards, yeah. they were just they were running them. Especially at the point of attack. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. was, I believe, minus twenty six in the amount of minutes that he played. Bro. That's a tough. That's Bro. tough to. That's tough yeah. to do. That's actually like I'm surprised. It's hard. it's hard, yeah, it's hard to do minus <laughs> yeah, twenty six yeah, yeah. in the amount of minutes that you played. So yeah. I, I really think that comes down to the point of attack. It's them mm-hmm. being able to essentially just attack guys at the <laughs> as as the name goes at the point of attack. Yeah. And when you have Doughton. A guy who can stifle guards, who can fight through screens, Mm. who can navigate well. I think that's the type of guy that you should be looking for off your bench, despite Barton being probably a better offensive fit in terms of shooting and whatnot. So that's I guess that's my question going forward. If Barton can start hitting 40 percent of his threes. Yeah, maybe this is a different story. But yeah, sure. So far, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I got a video coming out on Monday about Jeff Doughton. I was gonna release it uh, yesterday, but I'm like, ah, no, I'll wait a little bit. You know, they got the game happening, but I was gonna do it today. But I'm like, I'm gonna do a a pod with you, so I'll uh, I'll do it on Monday. But in the end, he's an NBA caliber backup point guard um, at at the very least, and um, people want what he does. Yeah. Right. So I don't think he's going to be a free agent for much longer. I think he's going to get an NBA contract. And I think it's going to happen very soon, whether it's with the Raptors or not. Um I hope it's with the Raptors, to be honest with you. I, I think he, he fits well, this team like a when, glove.
1: Man, when they initially waived uh, Wancho, I assumed it was, oh, we're going to. Yeah, be me too. <laughs> yeah, too. You know, and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um If they stagger the minutes properly with their starters, I think there is a nice fit there just simply because of the shooting. And they struggle with having players off their bench who can attack a closeout and press the Chua quick little pivot here has been really struggling the past couple days um he doesn't really seem to know when he has to get off the ball and uh he's getting his his pocket picked he's been a train wreck in his minutes he's getting beat off the dribble he's not contesting at the rim it's just been really really messy it's like a person who's going through some internal struggles right now he's kind of losing his confidence a little bit and then sometimes he's like oh wait I'm to Chua, I'm a talented guy, let's go in there, and then, again, turnover. Finding ways to utilize him is going to be really important too, and maybe, uh, we're talking about a lot of different pieces, you know, Gary, Will, Precious, um, I think there's something there where you, if you're staggering them properly, you can get the best out of all of them. And mm-hmm. that is really important uh, for the for the Raptors, especially if they want to uh, preserve uh, Fred and Pascal, um, their minutes, and uh, avoid them, you know, falling, falling down the pooper in their minutes in the fourth yeah. quarter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, um, Fred has to hit shots, though. He has absolutely. to absolutely really hit shots.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the, this team, this team is going to go as far as their former All Star point guard is going to take them. I understand that Pascal yeah. Siakam yeah. is a massive part of this this team, a huge part. He's their enigmatic star. Jakob Purtle has came in and re- really mm-hmm. revitalized that that defense for the starting lineup. Yeah bench questions be damned so those guys are very important as well but in terms of in terms of how this offense works I mean even last night Fred somehow ended up winning his minutes despite the loss I think that goes to show you the impact that the man could have yeah. even despite the shooting the shooting absolutely is crucial yeah. he, he was awful last night from from the field but you will you will really only go as far as he goes and I think A lot of people in the games that Fred was missing um, kind of recognized how important Fred's creation was, his his passing, Mm. his playmaking was. And I think that's key now moving forward as well. I guess the question is just like, hey, will he ever find that jumper back consistently? Because January, he was really good. Even the first couple of weeks of February, he was back on. The, The jumper was working. He was hitting his shots. And then, you know, the the personal ex- absence and, and him being out, obviously the birth of his child, he's back. And now the jumper isn't mm-hmm. there again. So to find that rhythm again, again, in this very, very small amount of time, yeah. you only got 1918 games mm-hmm. left and, you know, we'll see what happens from here. wonder how he, him and his wife decided between Layla and Lila, because my mm-hmm. wife
0: and I had the same struggle. and We went with Lila.
1: Nice. So Yeah. What's Layla, the, nice uh, name. is there a spelling distinction here?
0: I think he went L-A-I-L-A, mm-hmm. and we did L-Y-L-A.
1: Right, right, right. Um, okay.
0: I decided that part. Credit to my wife. She was the one who came up with the name. And once I heard it, I was like, we're <laughs> going with that?
1: Yeah, but how are we yeah. going to
0: spell it? And she was like, is it I or Y? I'm like, it's Y. It looks better. And I took way too much credit because she came up with the <laughs> name, actually. But
1: anyway, whatever. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. You're right. That is a beautiful yeah. name, though. Layla is, yeah.
0: too. Very nice yeah. name. With Fred... Um, So I mentioned uh, Gafford, uh, his his size is a problem in the pick and roll. I wonder if they should, you know, just like set in stone that they're going to set those screens a little bit higher. Like, well, I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out
1: on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Oh, well beyond the three-point line. Um, that way just creates a bit more space for Fred to A, pull up from three if he wants to. And also, right. if you can... Get, you know, jacob on the roll. He's so good around the rim. You just let him make a decision. Also, there's more space now just in the paint in general. And so if you have like an OG or you got uh, Scott in the dunker spot or whatever, like there's another avenue for some offense. I think that's a decent uh, way to go about things. Um, yeah. um, just They need that pick and roll to work. Right. Well then also you, if
1: you if you set that screen higher you're now yeah. putting Gafford in a more precarious position exactly. because he's now in in more space and he's like I don't know how to maneuver this whereas uh-huh. if you started a little bit lower he's more comfortable in that drop scenario higher up he's going to have to deal with a lot more yeah. and then Fred can kind of turn that corner get him off the bounce and then maybe sure. get him on his hip so yeah. I I think that's possible I think that makes sense that that's a that's a good adjustment to have I think more so than anything, though, is that they're creating good looks out of these short roll opportunities with Yakub. Mm -hmm. You see it. You saw it uh, against Chicago. You saw it against uh, Washington last night. They're they're creating a lot of good looks. Pick and roll. Yakub in the short roll. Now it's three on two. And now he can either kick it to the corner or find yeah. the, the guy in the dunker spot, which is usually either Pascal or OG. Mm-hmm. If if you can figure that out, if you can if you can really hone in on making those mm-hmm. corner shots. Right. And that goes to Gary, that goes to OG, that goes to Pascal, that goes to Scotty. Then you're then you're working with something here. It all yeah. comes down to hitting shots. And man, it's it it's does. unfortunate to say, but it it's it's a make or miss league in the Raptors it's shot. A make or miss plus. league. Yeah, they they, they shot twenty-five percent or twenty-six yep. percent, whatever it is from three sure. last night. So yeah, um, yeah, it's tough to tough to swallow. Sorry, yeah, twenty-six percent from three. So
0: yeah, don't shortchange them. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Barnes at point guard, I think they have to utilize that more. And I hear what you're saying about you know, you want stability and Fred and Pascal offer that, although they didn't play too well last night. Well, Pascal had a good first half, second half was not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're able to, I mentioned Gafford and Scotty, the Jakob Pertle, a pick and roll between them two, I think is really intriguing, especially if you're able to collapse the defense just like that. And Jordan Goodwin is not a tall player. If you're able to get Scotty um, in that matchup, Delon Wright, Bradley Beal, like they had some success with that in the first quarter of using Scotty against those guys. And then they went away from it in the first, in the second, and third. Um, yeah. I'm not sure why, especially when they were struggling on offense. Um, but they decided to, and I don't think that can be the case when you are already struggling and you have a post up threat right there, like Pascal. I mean, I'm saying he had a, a not so good uh, second half, but there was no space for him either, and right. he had to, you know, he was depending on his three point shot to get some points up on the board, and it wasn't there for him. Um, that's, you know, he's been good in the in 2023 along with Fred. They've been good from the three point line, but um, you need to utilize Scotty more. Um, just to generate some more offense, and uh, he's a person who can bend defenses. And I, just, I love the idea of if we're talking about you know high pick and rolls, like you have Scotty Barnes going downhill like that. Even if it's Daniel Gafford playing drop, like that is appealing to me. And then you have yeah. shooters like Gary and Will Barton on, on the corners. Like you got something going there, and that sh- is something that should work. But Scotty has to be a threat.
1: Yeah, and and Scotty has shown in the past that he can take advantage of a guy that's bigger than him. Uh, that, that he can bully him a little bit, and yeah. he's he's shown that he can kind of out strength uh and still find a way to kind of finish over the over the Mm. over the top of the the defender he got he had that uh he got blocked by porzingis on one of his attempts from what i remember uh last night in the fourth which was like a tough tough look but those are the types of opportunities that you should be looking for um and i think i think him being able to adjust and and figure out like look i i get the whole fourth quarter scotty thing i think for him it's really a feeling out factor like he Mm. for the first Two or three quarters of the game he's really just trying to feel out where he fits in the game how how he's needed where he's needed and then in the fourth quarter he's like okay well let's 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 try to be a little bit more aggressive let's look for our own and then that way maybe that helps others i think with scotty the goal is to probably get that fourth quarter becoming a more consistent habitual thing where sure he doesn't have to feel out the thing for for three quarters or two Mm -hmm. quarters and then turn it up in the second half whereas in the first quarter He's feeling it out second, third, fourth quarter. Now he's in attack mode. And when Scottie is is in attack mode, good things happen. That's just clear as day. When he is aggressive, when he's looking for his own shot, good things happen. So I agree with you. Getting him more involved, getting him more going downhill is the way to go.
0: And probably also that is getting Bradley Beal more actions because Bradley mm-hmm. Beal is not is not a great defender. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. give two you know what's about defense unless he really has to. And uh, yeah. there was a few occasions last night when the Raptors were running their flex coverages, and Fred was screened for on Bradley Beal, and OG got a couple of layups out of it. And I think you have yes. to keep on keep on attacking that. That is something that you can use, and like br- making Bradley Beal work on defense is going to help your offense too. And it's Mm -hmm. also going to help your defense. It's going to help everything. If you make him work on that end of the court and uh, it's going to make things harder on him, it's going to make things harder on the Wizards. Kyle Kuzma is still a problem though. Um, If he's shooting like that, I mean like, damn man, those are some really unique shots. You just have to bank that he's not going to make those again uh, tomorrow you have to press up on him a little bit more. There were a few occasions, um, especially in the second quarter when uh, Precious wasn't you know, doing very good things. Yep. <laughs> um, He's sagging behind the three point line. And Kyle Coos was just like pulling up from three. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? And there was one screen <laughs> of roll that they ran and Chris uh, followed them into the rim and Precious sagged off. And after he made the shot, Chris is just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs>
1: yeah no sometimes it feels like doing yeah right right he's triple h H. my bad
0: (laughs) precious triple h chris is Shawn
1: Michaels. chris is Shawn michaels no but sometimes it does feel like precious is just not uh like he's not in the game like he's just Mm -hmm. uh a conduit of some sorts just following through going through the motions um again that's that's sort of a part of being a young guy in the league and and like figuring out when you're going to be an active participant in a game, because I think Scotty goes through this sometimes too. And that's probably part of the whole fourth quarter. Scotty thing is like, he is just going through the motions of the game. He's just really just kind of following what's happening versus trying to be an active participant. Yeah. What you mentioned earlier about precious to in the sense that like he is so, good at attacking closeouts when he wants to and when when he's able to to leverage Mm -hmm. his athleticism to do these tough finishes the great dunks the blow buys etc all that stuff is so true it's so potent and it's when he's an active participant it's Mm -hmm. when he's actively looking to figure out what he can do to break the defense down and then on the defensive end I think the same thing applies it's it's how are you going to impact the game I remember uh, during uh, med- not media day, but one of these uh, practices, I was watching their media availability, and Jacob was, or sorry, Precious was asked about Jakob Pirtle's presence and how that may help him defensively. He's like, honestly, bro, I don't need anybody else to help me defensively, and I, I feel like he he took that as a slight, right? Yeah. And yeah. I feel, and you know, since then, his defense has not been the greatest. Sure. But he has to take on those, uh, those, those, yeah. you know. Take that as a competition point. Jakob is out here destroying the starter minutes. They're plus 30 every time he's on the court, whereas when they sub you in off the bench, they're bleeding mm. points defensively. If you can be that defensive anchor, sure. now's the time to prove it.
0: Nick Nurse said after the game that the start of the second quarter and the start of the fourth quarter has hurt us all year. And he's yeah. kind of talking about Precious and Chris a little bit. And I respect that Precious has been, you know, throttled into these positions like throughout the season where he's like the safety guy, you know, OG's out. Okay. Precious in. Um, Don't have a backup center. Precious in. Um, Need someone to make something happen off the dribble because we have a really crappy lineup out there. Go out there and do something precious. So some stability for him is really important. And that's why I like the idea of Will Barton coming on because it just makes sense. We're having a, a roster that just like from top to tail, you're seeing, okay, so that's a center. That's a point guard. These are shooting guards. It just it, there's balance there, but now he has to adjust again into a different role. Once again, and uh, he's struggling with that, that a little bit, but uh, he's got to figure it out quickly.
1: Yeah, it's kind of yeah, he, he does. has to
0: figure it out quickly. And the competition, the compete has to be higher. I, I hear what you're saying. I think he is competing, but I think there has to be a mental focus with that too. You have to be mm-hmm. a, like a second ahead, I and mean, there's occasions last night where he didn't attack. Where I'm just like, you got this fella here. The baseline's wide open. Like that's when you do attack. But then other occasions, like he's 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 attacking right into like a collapsed defense, and then right. the ball over. I'm like, well, that's not it, man. That's yeah. not it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, or he's like he's like he goes straight into his post up, and then he can't post the guy up, and then he just fumbles the ball. Yeah, the, the handle yeah. falls off. Yeah. Look, it's the it's the highs and lows with pressure, Achua. Sure very similar to what it was last year. It's Mm -hmm. just that last year at this point in the season, he was really breaking through the three point shot was converting really well. Obviously things were figuring it out. He looked more poised, more thing this year. It's been kind of hit or miss. It's, it's sometimes he's on, you know, when he came back from his injury in January, he was excellent, exceptional. Um, and now he's kind of fallen into a bit of a rut. It's for him and for for Scotty and even to a certain extent, Gary, it's finding a way that you can be consistent and not just consistent in your shot making, not not just consistent in in how many points you have on the board, but how you can impact the game in other ways. And clearly for this Raptors team, it's defensively. Yeah, that it goes is. for Scotty. That goes for Precious. That goes for mm-hmm. Gary. Those are guys that they, they need to rely on as you mentioned, transitional lineups and, and and the way that they can be good defensively, it's on those three. Those three sure. plus, plus Chris are the guys that are going to yeah. be transitioning through these lineups. And yeah. if you can find a way for those guys to impact your games defensively, you're going to win them. The reason they yeah. pulled out that Bulls game uh, was because of some massive plays down the stretch by Scottie Barnes defensively. Yeah. He was the one mm-hmm. who, you know, the block shots obviously, but he was more feisty at the point of attack. He was great as a helper and as a roamer. And if you can, and that's put his your- strength
0: too. That's like where he's at his best is by a roaming de- being a roamer defender, like a Draymond green kind of.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, man, uh, you know, I've, I've said this a bunch on Twitter. I've mentioned it a bunch in the past, but like putting your players in a possession p- position to succeed. And I think Scotty, being in a position to be that roamer that that guy at the yep. weak side, help side guy who can be that defender. That's where sure. he's going to be at his best defensively. Yeah. Um maybe Precious is similar to that where he can he can be your help side guy, your rotation guy to to kind of dirty up things if you will on the defensive end. Maybe that's the way to go. Again, with 18, 19 games left. I don't remember which one it is. It's either 18 or 19. Um, yeah. it, with that many games left, you don't yep. have the luxury of let's try things, let's figure things out. They need to win sure. And they need to win very yeah. quickly. So yeah.
0: And that's why I was surprised that Nick sat Yaakko for so long in the first half is that this is winning time. I understand that you are trying to incorporate these new pieces and you're trying to make something mm-hmm. that makes sense. But at the same time, man, like you need to win these games. Like the yeah. the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference is up for grabs. The Brooklyn Nets are crumbling. Right, and they got a a West Coast trip coming up. They're losing games constantly, and the Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, Washington Wizards now because they're now in tenth after the win last night. Like they're all looking at that spot. Like we're not that far away, and this team is gonna go down.
1: Yeah. So no, the the Nets. Decision, man. The Nets are absolutely going to slide down to at the very least eighth or ninth. Yeah. Um, And I, I think there's a chance they slide down even more than that. I'm not sure, but like. With that team falling off a cliff, you are being gifted a playoff spot. Uh-huh. Essentially, you are being gifted a playoff spot. It's whether you are going to take it, or Washington is going to take it, or Atlanta or Miami are going to take it. I I just I think you're in a good position, even still, despite that loss. The Raptors are only one game back of the Hawks for yeah. eighth. They're only uh three and a half. Do it is two and a half games back for, of Miami for mm-hmm. for seventh. So there's still. There's still a way that they can end up being a maybe a top pick 6 a, most likely a 7 or 8. Yeah. It just depends on them figuring out things and doing so consistently and obviously sure. the Saturday matchup against the Wizards is is you have to win. There's there's yeah. no there's no other outcome that is, nope, is no doubt. possible.
0: And they're not going to win a game where the Wizards are scoring 119 points, um, the Raptors are 108, and I think that's where they're probably most comfortable. Their offense wasn't good last night, but they're probably going to end up, if they win tomorrow, they're going to have 100, around 108 points or maybe even less. And the Wizards are going to have a lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of attack defense, they're on ball on ball defense has to be better um the coverage is sometimes like it's maybe it was confusion guys are not understanding where they got to be but like the help side wasn't good um support wasn't behind doubles wasn't good they're doubling Bradley Beal and then there's you know a pocket pass and a layup right there and no one's underneath the rim that was happening a lot like yeah. a lot and man I,
1: yeah. I, shout out to Steve Jones Jr on Twitter uh dunker post Dunker Spot podcast. Uh, You don't gotta plug it, man. They everyone knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. (laughs) Tremendous podcast. It's a great podcast. But no, he he goes on Twitter and sometimes he'll he'll thread Raptors games and he does his uh, hey, this is the game, the annual. What are the Raptors doing on defense? Tweet. And it's true. Sometimes you just like the rotations, just it's like a lapse in communication, whether it be on a yeah. switch, whether it be on whether they're mm-hmm. they're going to be picking up higher in the pick and roll or who the helper is going to be, who's mm-hmm. going to be tagging the guy, rolling all of that stuff. There's just so many mis- miscommunications at times. It just feels like the Raptors are not cohesive enough at times on defense, and that's why you see Jakob being so impactful defensively, because at the point of attack, no matter how many defensive miscues that they have, Mm -hmm. Jakob is still there as a backline defender, and he can stop guys at the rim, and that's why they are so good defensively when he's on the court, because... Even if those miscommunications happen at the point of attack, Jakob is still there behind you to be able to sure. work things out and clean things up. Whereas yeah. off the bench, you're still having those miscommunications at the point of attack, and there isn't that guy, that deterrent mm-hmm. there in the middle yeah. to be able to stop them.
0: Mike ganter last night, or yesterday, or a few days ago rather, uh, he was asking Nick Nurse about, you know, what's changed about the defense other than Jakob portal Like, what is, like... Really, do you see a difference in how guys are communicating? Um, More hustle, what is it? And Nick Nurse just kept on tiptoeing around it. But in the end, the answer was, we have Yaka mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Like
0: yeah. We just have Yaka Pirtle. And the struggle right now, as I mentioned uh, earlier on, they were outscored 50 to 30 when Yak wasn't on the court yesterday. That is terrible, man. Staggering. Terrible, yeah. Yeah, It's really, really bad. Um, And I guess you could say that, okay, well, probably most lineups would have a backup center, like a true backup center, but that's not how the Raptors are built. And actually, I don't think that they necessarily want to be built that way. I mean, Jakob Pertl is a specific kind of rim protector, and there's only a few of them out there. Like, there isn't that many mobile centers out there, if you really mm-hmm. think about it, right? And that's why I think they were so keen on bringing him in. And also, you know, why they weren't willing to give up Gary Trent Jr. is that they, they want Gary and Jakob Pertl on the team together.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, they, they definitely are. And this will be important moving forward in the summer, how yeah. they want to to build this team, because obviously Gary, Jacob and Fred are all free agents. They can walk if they want to. I think they resign all three of them, whether it be through moving some other guys to create the space or Who whether you're talking I, about. You know, time, yeah, you, you know, read in between the lines, ladies and gentlemen. But um, no, I think I think there's a way that they can they can salvage yeah. this and, and keep all three of the yeah. guys. I just I, I my question becomes uh, when you have Gary, who isn't the greatest point of attack defender, Fred has taken a step back at the point of attack. Scotty Barnes is not ready at the point of attack to defend. You're now putting a lot of pressure on your back line defender. You're really yep. putting a lot of pressure on your back line you defender. Are. So I'm I'm just I might I have questions about the Raptors point of attack defense moving forward. Yeah. I don't know where those questions will be answered though. So Jeff Devon Jr.
0: I'm kidding. Kind yes. of. Kind of. Kind of. Maybe, kind of. Maybe.
1: potentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh as you close up the pod, I mean I just want to like just Jeff Devon Jr. Like I've I've been so intrigued and happy with how he's played since he became a Raptor. And I'm I'm going back to mm-hmm. Summer League. He like he popped out back then how good he was as a defender. Uh, There's like, there's signs of three level scoring and he's shown it at the G league level multiple times. Um, We saw it in summer league and in that Cleveland game, which was the last time he actually played, he had some shots. I'm like, that is Jeff Doughton jr. And I don't think he was taking those shots earlier on um, when he was getting some minutes with the Raptors, because he's just like, I am a Hooper. I'm going to do exactly what I'm told. I am trying to get a contract in the NBA. I'm with the team now. And he was forced into positions where he had to shoot he had a pull up three. He had like a couple of you know drives towards the rim. Like this is this is a guy, man. This is what people want. Like imagine yeah. having a actual a legit point of attack defender as your backup point guard. I think it's uh, so intriguing. I, like the NBA now. Sorry, just one more thing. Like the, with yeah. the way the things are spaced out in the NBA now, man, you got players in the corners. Like the paint is wide open. You need someone that's gonna guard John Morant
1: you need well you need someone that's going to be willing to Capably, just, sorry capably capably cap, yeah well well someone that's just willing to do the dirty work a lot of guys yeah. are, are like when they know the defensive scheme and they know that oh I'm gonna be switching this anyways, or I'm gonna be Xing yep. out on this defender, so I don't need to fight through this screen as hard mm-hmm. as hard. So hey, I can just kind of move on to what my next spot should be. Sure. You need a guy who is still hungry, who is still like willing to do the dirty work. And Jeff yep. Doughton is a guy who's shown that he's been willing to do the dirty work, whether it's stepping over and fighting mm-hmm. through a screen, lock and trail, yep. and then be able to swing over and and do the X out if they make the pass. I think all of that stuff mm-hmm. is crucial. Yeah. The development to figuring out guys yeah. who can find like the marginal guys and the raptors for mm-hmm. a very long time were great at finding those marginal guys fred van vliet wow. at one point was mm-hmm. that marginal guy that they could throw out there maybe jeff Doughton can have a, a similar yeah. type of success who knows but
0: if we're curious how what the value is of a rear view contest look at what the wizards did yesterday with delon right yeah a Absolutely. lot of value in it. Right. And when you drop coverage is becoming so much more common now because offenses are crazy. Um, you need someone that could do a legit review of contestant. Like Fred's good at it too, but also Jeff Doughton, you know, he's six three that's on the higher end of a typical point guard in the NBA. I mean, Scotty Barnes is a, like a different case, but usually, you know, six, one, six, two, six, three, whatever. Like that's what you're going to be, you're hoping for with your, your right. point guard. And Jeff is that.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. I completely agree with you. He has the size. His 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 shoulders. Yeah. He's got the he's got the broader shoulders as a point guard. So he clearly feet. can. Yeah. Quick the feet, feet are quick feet. Twitchy. Uh, <laughs> he's good, man. I I I really think yeah. like there's yeah. there's a spot in the rotation for him. I really do think so. 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 Hopefully it ends up happening, man. We'll see what I happens. Know. Yeah. All
0: right, man. Um, what do you got coming up here? Anything? Uh,
1: anything fun? Yeah. So. Um, I have a Jalen Brunson video that is out right now on SDPN sports. If you're interested, actually uh, for the Raptors fans in here, I kind of make a comparison to how, Kyle Lowry was at the start of his Raptors tenure to what Jalen Brunson is doing right now at the, at the start of his next Knicks tenure, go ahead and watch it. I think it's an interesting comparison. You can go and check it out and and determine that for yourself. Um, Also out right now is the objective basketball podcast. I did a interview with Matt Babcock, who is a NBA draft analyst. Also his uncle is Rob Babcock, who Raptors fans will know from uh-huh. his Great. days as Raptors general manager, trading carter, in pe- if you will. Rest in, uh, rest in peace, rest in peace. as well, yes. obviously. Yes. Uh, yes, so so yeah, we, we had a podcast discussing the 2023 nice. NBA draft. You can go and check that out, the Objective Basketball Podcast. And yes, I Amit, mean, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for always having me on this podcast, man.
0: Yeah, so much fun talking to you. Good yeah, dude, talented people. Love Have having them fun. on.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, sure.
0: The Raptors have to win on Saturday. They yes, to, they do. Yeah, they that's the win. that's the only answer, folks. <laughs> we're we're
1: 30 win. plus minutes into this. The only thing we have for you is the Raptors must win on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I sent a meme yesterday. I'm not sure if I should say the words on it uh... because <laughs> it's the F word. But I think essentially what it's saying that if you mess around too much, you're gonna get you're gone. gonna yeah you're gonna I mean, get caught. Okay. um I see. yeah that's uh it, it's i mean i think the timing was perfect it didn't perform as well as i think it probably should have but anyways um the raptors <laughs> they, they can't play with their food um tomorrow it's yeah. like they have to win this game and Yaka pearl has to play 37 38 49 minutes somehow yep <laughs> game's 48 minutes i don't care he has to play 49 yeah yeah <laughs> all right everyone have a good weekend uh, we'll talk to you real soon
1: thank you